Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hello, Marcus Bronzy here. Before we start today's podcast, I'd just like to let you know that you can vote for us in the Listener's Choice Awards at this year's British Podcast Awards 2019. If you'd like to vote for us, it only takes a minute of your time. Head to BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. That's BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. Type in how to kill an hour and then yeah, you'll have voted for us. It only takes a minute of your time and we'd really appreciate it. We'll also put a link in the show's description. Thank you very much in advance. And hey, here's, here's hoping we win. Anyway, over to the podcast. Are you serious? Hello, welcome to How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Right now, you're going to kill some time with us. I'm about to introduce a fabulous guest who um, he does lots of uh, covers lots of very interesting things so i can't wait to get stuck into that but uh first things first i want to let you know that we've got a giveaway we're giving away a copy of the division two it's a game that uh, one of our hosts funk butcher really really loves he's actually playing it as we speak right now that's why he's not here on today's show uh so <laughs> we're gonna get his full review for that in the next show but what we want to do is you want to make sure that one of you is able to get your hands on it so if you head to howtokillanhour.com forward slash win we've got a link in the show description as well for you you can enter and win yourself a copy of the division 2 whatever console you have uh and also before we crack on with today's show i've been killing time with the scream go hero app right it's an app that you've probably seen all over social media where people are shouting at their phone at different volumes to to, to <laughs> control the character in the game basically uh so check that out but anyway without further ado i'd like to introduce our guest alexis conran nice to meet you mate hello mate nice Thanks to meet you on the show. i, I want to hear more about the screen i want i want to see someone play that on the quiet carriage in the and on the train do you know what's wicked the people <laughs> are choosing gr- well different things to, to like a, a, a vast range of things to shout and one of my favorites is this instagrammer called frimpon and he's a a, a real avid football fan he's an Arsenal supporter um, and that day he wasn't really feeling Chelsea so he was just going fuck Chelsea fuck Chelsea <laughs> he did alright he did alright I didn't ask you what team you support by the way oh but. god you don't want to know yeah, oh, right, I'm cool. a, you, well actually it's out there people know I'm a huge Manchester United supporter oh you're a Man U supporter yeah interesting times you. Well, that's, that's a short <laughs> podcast I, I'll just get my coat <laughs> how are you feeling as a, as a Man United supporter I'm I am absolutely loving it right now yeah it's we, I know it's a cliche, but it feels like we got our club back. I never liked Mourinho. Sorry, there, I'll put it out there. It's interesting though, because statistically, he did he did really well. well. Yeah, he won the Europa League. No one ever won it before, you know. He, he, but it was it was the attitude 
It was the it was the the, the grumbling. It was the fact that he never played United football. It yeah. was the fact that all the post match interviews were just abysmal in the sense that we were great. Somebody else was to blame, uh, and you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I, I mean, he is Manchester United, so. You know what? I, I'd I'd rather see them play like that, and we finish fourth, fifth, or whatever, than go through the whole Jose Mourinho uh, power trip, which is it's all about him. So good riddance. I think it's a good testament to show you like how heart can really change the way a team plays as well. Because I feel Huge. like personality and heart, like like even though Mourinho, he, like I just said, he's statistically amazing. Sometimes yeah. he just sounds like a cold bastard. Like sometimes he talks. I'm like. You sound so evil, bro. Like you have no. I don't feel like you've come away from the game learning stuff. Well, he sounded uh, in my in my uh, radio work. I I I do a lot of um, talking to politicians, and yeah. and he sounded like a politician, you know. And that's that's that's. I don't Make think right. I don't think club managers just sound like politicians. No, I think no. you know we've got enough of politicians in our lives. I think I think football managers should should say it like it is yeah we'll get onto that in a moment by the way <laughs> oh good okay uh, how do you like to kill time or how have you been killing time recently then do you know what I I uh, am a man full of hobbies yeah uh, I, I have a lot of hobbies a lot of things that I like to do and I'm going to disappoint you because none of them involve tech <laughs> <laughs> on, although, although some of them sort of do because you always have an app or you've got to go online for something yeah. but I've I, I, you know my first hobby which kind of really saw where I am today because uh, you know where I am today is mostly due to a show that I used to do on the BBC called The Real Hustle really what's that what's that what's that about about Uh, and I only really ended up doing The Real Hustle because I was doing magic uh, as in sleight of hand magic and um, that was sort of my first proper full all consuming hobby you know uh, when I say all-consuming, I remember once when I first got into it, I was about two months into it, I bought a book, big book, like 150 pages of, of magic tricks, big diagrams and everything, written in the 50s, yeah. you know, difficult to penetrate. And I remember I woke up, didn't have a job at the time, quite clear to say. Uh, <laughs> I was a jobbing actor with no job. Um, I, wrote, I, I opened the book, I got my pack of cards, and all I remember was it was morning... And the next thing I remember is I couldn't quite see the book quite clearly. And I was thinking, what's going on? Why is my eyes my eyes? It was evening. I just sat there for an entire day, not moving. This was pre-mobile phones. This was pre-everything pre sort yeah. of modern. But I basically, I, I, I became obsessed with magic. And then that, that sort of led through to the real hustle. And of course, it sort of paid off. But so I'm, I'm a man of, so how do you kill an hour? I'll, I'll, do, I'll learn a magic trick or I'll practice magic. I also do other geeky stuff like archery and things like that. Okay, cool. So, like, <laughs> I want to oh, get onto the archery. I like that. Yeah. But so, with magic, is it like something that you always have to keep practicing and learning? Yeah, and stay sharp with? I it's mean, not something it's, you can be like completed that, come back to that in a few years. Yeah, time. no, no. I, I cannot tell you how difficult it is for me to sit here with you now chatting without a pack of cards in my hands. Have you got a pack of cards on you? Uh, I, I, I should do. I always do. I mean, if you want to hold them while we talk, that's cool. But uh, so you're used to just sitting there and kind of fondling yeah, a pack so of look, cards, fresh pack. Well, uh, yeah, bicycle, I, bicycle playing cards. Bicycle they're the playing ones. cards. So are they like the standard? They are. All right. You hear the shuffling going so on that, right there. That is the sound of my life, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, I talk to my agent on the phone. 
I was spoken to, speaking to her uh, this week, and she's like, do you know what? I've known you all these years. Thank God I know that that sound is cards, because it sounds like something else. Sounds like you're taking a shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just sounds like... Yeah, yeah. Like like oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah so... Yeah. I like whatever I do if I'm writing uh, mm. stuff if, if when I'm on the radio I mean I don't shuffle when I'm on the radio but I've got them in my hands and I'm yeah. sort of doing this which is sort of just fiddling with them but and, it, and it's a thing that it, it's it's a habit you know I don't smoke I don't have any of those other habits where I kind of need to do something and I'll tell you what I'd rather be doing this than being on my phone really yeah because I'm 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 scared of my phone now I know we're going to come on and talk about this yeah I've I'm my of my phone owns me. Re- okay, so you're so you've got uh, you you're aware of how addictive phones oh, are. Oh, mate, uh, I have seen the change in me uh, it, it, as as a person as uh, as my character uh, manifest itself hugely in the advent of phones and Twitter. I mean, look, especially at the moment. I mean, those of you who know me or you know know what I do. I, I, Amongst all my TV stuff, I, I do radio, and I'm, I'm in radio at the moment, unless you're talking about Brexit, you, you might as well not be on radio. Yeah. Uh, when I say, you know, not music radio, obviously, but talk radio. And so you've got to keep abreast of it. So in a sense, part of it is because I need to know what's happening. And at the moment, with politics, an hour changes everything. So you find yourself on it the whole time, but I realize how much... I'm on it when I don't need to be because I'm just used to being there. So having a pack of cards is is often what I use to ch- just try and sort of move away from being on the phone. And you know, don't forget, I'm not I'm not a spring chicken. I'm like you know I'm 47, so I've missed the sort of I'm not the Snapchat generation or or the Instagram generation where I need to do everything on there. But I think Twitter for me because of that that overload of information has really made a difference but the negatives of that have been that my attention spans virtually zero if you can't say it in 240 characters i find it difficult to read a long form article i have to force myself yeah and i i sitting there and not doing anything used to be a thing i know right? people and used it's to a sit good on the train and they might read a book or they might yeah. just look out the window i remember being in on the train with my granddad and i watched him in amazement for half an hour probably longer but after half an hour I'll start doing something else yeah. seeing them watching him just look out the window look out the window what are you doing granddad just taking in the view like, and wow. do you know what it's important it's, it, it's I'm going back to doing that I'm going because I do a lot of travelling uh, filming yeah. and I I'm, and I love podcasts I, and I love just sort of listening I either listen to the radio room, and I now I'm forcing myself not to do that and actually look out the freaking window yeah because that's when you're going to get an idea yeah that's when you're going to get creative that's when you're going to go oh, you know that's when you're going to have to start having thought thoughts of your own I I, I I do feel a little bit worried that I I have difficulties about being alone with my own thoughts you know there's a constant input is it a podcast is it the radio you're watching telly you're reading something online you've got scrolling through twitter when are you just alone yeah yeah a very good friend of mine he's actually a friend of the show called mr midas he he does a a, a show called games gadgets and rhymes on youtube he said to me when did you last take a holiday I was like, well, I don't know, last year at some point. He's like, when did you last take a, a couple of days off? I was like, well, I, I don't know, I can't remember. He's like, <laughs> when did you last have some time to kind of manifest an idea? And I was like, shit, that 
that's what you're actually trying to say is, is be still and let you know let things flow let, let things, things happen and, and yeah. you know I've got a lot of writer friends of mine and you know the, the thing they have all in common is none of them are on Twitter none of them are on Instagram because they're like if, if I start that then my time I need time to do nothing in order to get the right ideas and you know for us for you and I self-employed people people who sort of you know we're reliant on our ideas you know I've got an idea for a great new TV show I've got an idea for a great, great new podcast or something and we need to keep that flowing. We need to keep that creativity flowing. And I, and I think social media and, you know, the whole online presence, although it's, it's absolutely vital in researching your ideas and getting new ideas and being influenced by stuff, by being exposed to more things than you ever would be before, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because, on the other hand, it's such, it could sap your creativity uh, hugely just, just by just sucking you in. Yeah, and you can never stop. It's that infinity scroll that everything has now, right? Wasn't that it's fascinating with the guy yeah. who came, uh, who did that interview, who said, who invented the infinity scroll, yeah. and he, he kind of feels guilty about it now. Yeah, but it's just, it's genius. It is but genius. It is, it's that thing. It's like there's nothing to say, oh, well, I'm at the end now. And it's yeah. really interesting. A lot of um, comedians that have content that they put online found that instead of, it's really interesting psychologically, instead of putting like an hour special up, they could put up little clips yeah. and they find people would consume more of their comedy when it's cut into little clips. Same apps, all the same show basically as opposed to when it's put online. There's something about us just having those little snacks well, dude, portions of content. it's getting into politics. Yeah. This is the thing that people don't realise. It's getting into our politics. So when you've got Prime Minister's Question Time, right, which, come on, let's be honest, who gives a shit? No one, I do because I'm you know, there's something wrong with me. But uh, m the most of the general public don't really care, right? But what's happening now is Prime Minister's question time is being used by both sides, but particularly by the Labour side, who seem to be a little bit more clued up on tech and how to use it, and especially Twitter and Instagram. It, it's become, instead of actually trying to dig into the Prime Minister or the opposition or whatever... It's become an opportunity for people to stand up and deliver that 15 seconds of clip that then will go onto social media. So it's, it's, it's you know, the idea of what you just said, you know, let's break stuff down. We are now becoming trained into ingesting information only in bite-sized chunks. Mm. And I'm not quite sure that that is the correct way to go. I may be wrong. I may be sounding like a granddad, but... My instinct tells me that I'm not sure that that's the way to go. It's for, I mean, for entertainment purposes, I, l I love checking out funny little videos. I love 30 little videos. I don't yeah. know. Cat and a dog play fun. Panda videos. Come yeah, on. Stuff Who like doesn't that? like a yeah. good panda video? Of course. Stuff like that. Or, you know, someone remixing Kanye West playing a piano with a choir and putting Postman Pat or Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> music over it all day long. <laughs> love that. So for that kind of consumption, great. Uh, but yeah, like I think you're right in saying it's, it's a double-edged sword, and, and it's only it's only going to become something that is going to morph and change yeah. at a rate and in a way that I don't think we can presume. Because a conversation that we talk about quite a bit at the moment is five G and how that's going to change things. A lot yeah. of people are like five G, so what? Faster internet. But I'm like, hang on, before three G and four G, there was no Spotify, there was no Instagram, there was no Infinity Scroll because you just couldn't do it on your phone. So. It's going to be interesting when that shift comes and we can really pull down large amounts of data on our phone. I don't know. Maybe we'll be watching bigger bits of longer form, con longer form content because we can access it really, really quickly. Or maybe not. I d I d who knows? Who knows what we'll be getting? 
I, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. I, I, my my worry is that I, th- I think I think it's done now. We, we've moved towards uh, everything has to be simple and short. Right. So you reckon short uh, or better? Yeah, is what it's gonna be like uh, that's what it's going to be like. Now, look, th- there's some people who, who will say, oh, "Look, there's a merit to that." You know, in the, in the jobs that we're in, right? When you have to come up with ideas and pitch a show, you've been there. I've been there. You know, if you can't do it in a sentence, something's not quite right. Mm. Now this. That idea existed, you know, there's a, the elevator pitch, as they used to call it. If yeah. you can't pitch your show and the time it takes you to go from one floor to another, then you haven't got a show. Um, so that that idea existed way before tech came along. So the idea of being concise and being able to to, to get your idea across in, a, in the smallest amount of words, then that's fine. But... That's only for specific occasions. If you're not able to sit down and read a page of A4 journalism because your brain can't concentrate for that long, then I think we're in trouble. Long live the podcast. That's, <laughs> yeah. actually, that's actually an area that's grown in long form content, actually. Brilliant. So while conversations yeah. become shorter on Twitter, it's fair to say there's podcasts yeah. out there two and a half hours long. You know, we yeah, average yeah, about yeah. 45 minutes, an hour for a show. So And long may it continue. Yeah, I think it will. Um, so you've mentioned a few times that you have to be creative, and I feel like magic's a really creative space. Like people, I feel like magicians are always having to make and tweak routines as society changes. And I suppose if you have a trick, there yeah. could be like a hundred ways of delivering it, depending on whether you're in a pub with drunk people, a Hindu, just a couple yeah, of people you bump into. Uh, yeah, you you have to. You know, some magicians get very creative, some not. But it, it, magic is a very creative field where by using a. a, a a number of tools at your disposal, which is, and for that, read technique, right? So you learn bits of technique. Then the, the possibilities are endless and the plots are endless of how to put that technique together. But, you know, talking about tech, as this is, you know, podcast is about tech, you know, magic and tech have been amazing, you know. And now, obviously, I'm, I'm at... Uh, I can't talk about it too much because it's sort of giving away secrets, but I can tell you that tech has, has magicians love tech. And actually, traditionally, if you look back in history, magicians are some of the first people to start using tech. When tech would be around, then people would go, well, I don't quite know what to do with this, but I'm sure it will be useful. Magicians would go, we'll have it. We'll play around with that, you know, with reflections yeah. and mirrors and uh, science principles, electricity. Yeah. You know, when electricity was sort of like a freak show, you know, magicians were using it to make inanimate objects move. You know, the magic. Uh, now we use it to, you know, power this entire studio. But so magic, uh, magicians love tech and, and there are some amazing apps out there uh, that are available to the public um, don't ask me their names because no, I can't remember <laughs> a single one of them but if you know if you search for magic apps that use all this amazing tech that's packed into an iPhone if you think about what an iPhone's got an accelerometer it knows which side is up which side is down you know it, it's got camera it's got micro it's got so many things and magicians have really really tapped into some of that tech with some amazing apps that allow you to really freak your friends out so you're saying now that your typical magician ain't just going to be armed with a pack of cards. No, kind of you're no, saying no, that no, in his no. phone there could be that kind of bunch of tricks. Correct, because magicians are always and, and you know look, there's some magicians who are very traditional who still want to saw a woman in half and you know do all those and and there's space for that because people do still want to see that. But the fantastic magic, the brilliant magic, is when you are able to do magic with stuff that people have around them all the time 
So, uh, like, for example, a very old trick used to be uh, the cut and restored rope, right? You get a piece of white rope, you cut it, and then you restore it. Well, that's great, but who carries rope around with them today? <laughs> no one. But so what do magicians do? Well, they do a cut and restored um, Apple headphones, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, now I don't know what they're going to do now because there are no, there's no leads on the. Well, there's no leads. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll move to something else. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah. they'll. they'll so yeah. the idea of doing yeah. magic yeah. with people's phones yeah. and with people, uh, people's um, headphones and things like that. That is what magic should be, and should always sort of carry on developing and carry on creating. But yeah, I can tell you that if you look around on the App Store. Um, there are some amazing uh, magic apps out there. Cool. And what kind of magic do you like to perform when you're performing magic? I do. I do mostly um, sleight of hand uh, cards. Uh, that's my that's my thing. Always have been. I don't particularly like using any ga- not gadgets, but because uh, I have used gadgets, uh, but sort of things that don't look out of place you know I, I quite like doing I think a pack of cards very simple and can be any pack of cards doesn't have to be a special pack of cards keep it simple okay it's a bit like jazz you know free free form jazz that yeah I mean I'm, I'm always when a magician's in the room I'm always trying to keep an eye on what's going on and one thing that I've learned about about sleight of hand is even if you are told what's happening when it's done really well. You, your eye, the hand really can be faster than the eye. Yeah, and and it's it's learning to control your audience. Where are they looking? Because obviously you have to do things with your hands, but you know you can do them whilst they're not looking. And right. uh, so the idea of being able to, you know, know how to control someone's attention—that's what magic really entails. Um, and the ability to tell a story. The big problem with magic is you've got. You've got two factions, right? You've got people who are technically brilliant but can't tell a story <laughs> and people who can tell a story but they don't really need to be technically brilliant because actually what matters in magic is the story. What's the story you're telling your audience? You know, and it's a bit like saying, well, if you can memorize words, you can be an actor. Well, you can't. If you can do all the technique, you could be a magician. Well, you can call yourself a magician but you're not really doing magic. Because you can't attain someone's uh, interest long enough. So, yeah, I think magic is a great way to uh, occupy oneself, to be creative and to kill an hour (laughs) (laughs) or a lifetime. So you said it was your magician skills that got, yeah, definitely a lifetime. Uh, So you say your your, your magic skills, your magician skills as a magician got you onto the real hustle, right? Yeah. Uh, how did that happen? How did that, that come across? Because this was a, a revolutionary show at the time. There was nothing. It was, wasn't it? There was, there was fiction that would allude to, to sort of hustles and scams and yeah. stuff. And there was no one that would actually sort of say, right, this is what to do. And in a world where it's increasingly more important to kind of not get hustled and scammed. Yeah. Yeah. You guys came along with this show where you were like, there's a million ways that you can get hustled. We're going to show yeah. you some of them. And we're do you gonna, know what? We're we didn't, do the we didn't think that there yet. was that many. Yeah. Uh, um, so Real Hustle happened. There was a big drama that made a lot of waves. I don't know if you remember about that, but it was Hustle with Adrian Lester, which was, was the drama. It. That was the show, yeah. And everyone went nuts about Hustle. And quite rightly, because at the time, it was a bit like Sherlock was the last couple of years. It sort of broke. It was cool. It was swish. It looked amazing. And, it, you know, it, it, it really broke some new ground uh, for, for UK TV. And at the time, I had just got into magic and I was sort of performing as a, as a professional magician, sort of doing, you know, doing parties and doing bars and clubs and things like that. And the people who I was involved with through the magic world were also involved with um, Darren Brown. 
they were doing his show and the same production company uh, that did Darren w- wanted to do a show about hustles um, a hidden camera show about hustles and because I knew that kind of magic fraternity I basically got to be got to audition and be in the show and that's where it sort of started and uh, Paul Wilson and myself wrote all the scams um, and we carried them out but I have to say after series one we thought okay well maybe we can write a few more cut to seven years later in series 11 um, and I think we did four or five specials um, we were still coming up with them yes I mean and some of them were really nice and, and simple and, and quick, yeah. quick switches which I find that they were some of the ones that were really like yeah. oh wow this is crazy and then you did some really elaborate ones as well then right? we went yeah then we went a little bit crazy with some some of the really kind of complicated elaborate ones I never know what whether they worked or not um, because sometimes I think they were a bit too complicated. Um, but everything we did do was always connected to real events. So we never really made up scams that didn't exist. We took a scam and sort of spun it to make it a little bit more TV friendly. Um, but, you know, we finished, I think it was 2010, so it was a while back now. Um, and I think it was a good job that we, we finished um, because the scams are still there. All the same scams are there, but we would have ended up starting to repeat ourselves. Yeah. But I I think, and it happened towards the end, we started doing a lot more tech scams. And tech scams are very important, and they can be brilliant, but they don't make good telly. Because all you're seeing <laughs> is someone just looking at a screen, right? Yeah. And that's that just doesn't look good on TV. Whereas if you're bumping into someone and by bumping into them, you steal their wallet, you know, or you distract them and you grab their bag, etc., or you kind of show up with a car and you switch the keys and then you drive off with that. You know, those are visual, you know, if it's a Ferrari and if it's in Vegas, it looks great, you know, and you have that moment of, oh my God, are they going to get caught? Which is what made the real hustle work? Me sending you a malicious app on your phone <laughs> ain't going to have the same yeah. effect. Oh, we got his password. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. And yet, yeah. some of the stuff, because um, I've carried on doing the scams, I, you know, I do a lot of um, keynote speaking and after dinner speaking and all that kind of stuff. And I talk a lot to companies about how to protect themselves yeah. from scams. And, you know, some of the most devastating scams are, are really, really simple tech scams that I've come across. And they are absolutely devastating there's a scam at the moment which I just think if it even if it happened this could happen to me and I would find it difficult to avoid um, you want to know what oh, it is yeah, now of course, <laughs> of course. so um, it's a very very simple scam I, and it, it, it you know I'm not breaking big ground here but it's text spoofing so th- this whole like, you remember there was a spoof my text were like uh, websites that you could go and prank your friends by yeah. You, you enter their phone number on, on a website and then you can send them a text message pretending to be from another text number. Right. So a friend of mine, um, Scott McGrady, who does a lot of uh, work on uncovering uh, scams, he built this little um, this little program that uh, he has access to, I have access to, and uh, some uh, police departments have access to just for purposes of demonstration. But what he was able to do and to replicate, and what is already been done by scammers, but he was replicating it for us to show it to people, just to show them how easy it is, um, is the ability to, to spoof text people and pretend you're their bank. 
Wow. So if okay. you if you if I know that you bank, let's say you bank with Barclays, right. right? And if I know that, and I know what Barclays put at the top of their text messages, and I think it's capital B and the rest are lowercase. Um, I can use that and pretend I'm Barclays and send you a text that will sort itself in the conversation you've already been having with your bank. So, yeah, you see your face. <laughs> so, so if you've, so been you've had previous messages yeah, from your bank, so Genuine the money messages. you sent, yeah, this so will drop in in the message. That will drop in in the conversation of those messages. So if you've had like a log of uh, a year's worth of text messages that Barclays have been sending you, which are genuine, I could just drop another one in and it will look like it's come from Barclays. Now, in that message, I could be saying, did you just spend three grand at the Apple store in New York? If this wasn't you, please click this link. I mean, you click the link, it's game over. Or I could say, you know, um, we've got a brand new offer or you've won something. Give us a call here at uh, Barclays uh, Customer Help. You know, so it, 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 it's a great way of, of socially engineering someone to either click on a bad link or to give that third-party trust to a, a website or a phone number. And I thought, well, I could fall for that. I've done every scam imaginable, but I could probably fall for that. I wanted to know, have you, have you ever been scammed? Have you ever oh, been... Oh, it's a, a, the most commonly asked question. Yeah. Um, do you know what? It's like not making a professional footballer. No. That's what I feel like. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, get him. You know what I mean? Get him. Yes. Um, do you know what? I haven't. And... Okay. Um, and I don't say that in, with any sort of uh, ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's laughing right now. If you're not watching it. Yeah, it's a direct challenge. Uh, yeah. I uh, yeah, please don't. <laughs> uh, I I haven't, uh, but that's not because I'm too street smart or unscammable. Look, uh, it's the thing I open up with all my talks: is it, it, falling for a scam is not a measure of your IQ. It's being at the wrong place at the wrong time, and being distracted. Um. I, it hasn't happened to me, to my knowledge. Um, but if it did, you can rest assured that I would be screaming off the rooftops about it. Because, yeah. um, and this isn't an open challenge to anybody listening out there. <laughs> so Jeremy uh, Clarkson put his bank details in the paper. What an anyway. absolute moron. <laughs> uh, real proper moron. Uh, <laughs> this isn't a challenge. But, you know, if if I were to be scammed, yeah. I think someone like me standing up and saying, look, I can be scammed. Therefore, all of you lot out there, and I know you know who you are listening right now who think, oh, I'd never fall for a scam. Then that should make those people think again. Um, because if I can fall for it, then anybody can fall for it. It's very interesting. And would you say the, the best scams are the ones that no one ever really knows They've been like if you never ever know you've been hustled. If someone chisels, I don't know. Yeah, but I think there was a, a, a phone, a few phone scams that I saw where you, I think, as delivery driver came in and picked up a phone. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that was a, that was a, you know that was a pr that was a genuine proper big scam that happened in the uh, early two thousands, late nineties in, in, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it happens. Well, it could happen anymore now because there's no reason why you couldn't do it. But yeah, this was. Uh, was given to us by I think it was a police guy who we met but anyway in New York uh, a, a bunch of scammers dressed up as couriers and they would show up at big big buildings uh, big corporation buildings right genuine rule of thumb the bigger the corporation the bigger the the hotel you know the, the more stars it's got the easier they are to scam because they're busy 
and because they are worried about insulting and keeping people customers waiting they're worried about insulting their their guests etc they don't know who you are they have to be polite so that's why they get targeted and also a bigger corporation is not likely to notice if their phone bill goes up by a couple of thousand dollars right so what they would do is they would show up at reception with a parcel and say hey i've i've got i've got a delivery for for someone in here and that parcel was just a made up name and reception would go that that's that's not for us and the courier would give a big sort of story and go, oh, man, you know, I'm going to lose out. I get paid by the hour. I've got to find who. Do you mind if I use your phone to, um, uh, you know, to call main office? Now, of course, I've just answered my question of why you couldn't do that today. It's because mo- most people would have mobile phones. Right. Yeah. But yeah. back then, no mobile phones. And the receptionist would go, sure, yeah, sure. Just use the phone over there, you know, call, call the office and stuff. And what they would do is they would dial a premium rate number. And stay on it for like 10, 15 minutes and hang up. And the only reason they were caught is primarily the reason why most people get caught is because they got cocky. Right. So what they would do is they would go in, they dial the number, and then they would leave the phone off the hook and walk out of the building. So then that's when people started noticing and a word went around from all the corporations. Did you have you? Yeah, we've had some couriers come in. They always leave them. And they looked into it. And of course, they, they uncovered the scam. All right, so they could have got away with it if they didn't get too greedy, potentially. Don't get greedy. Mm. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. Yeah, interesting. So what was one of the most elaborate scams you think you did on a real hustle then? Oh, man. We did loads of really elaborate ones. Um, What was one of the hardest ones to pull off then? Again, really tough to pick. I'll I'll give you a really good elaborate one. And again, a real scam that was was told to us by, um, I think it may not have been a police uh, source, but it, it was another source. But um, we were trying to sell uh, gold chains um, uh, uh, to do a sort of like a gold trade. Only our gold chains were rubbish. They weren't, you know, 24 karat gold. They were way less than that in quality. And the way you test gold is you do an acid test on it. So um, it, you apply acids to the metal and by the discoloration um, you get to see what exactly the metal is is made of what it consists of um and it the 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 acid uh, test box is a, a sort of small little wooden box with lots of vials in it with acid and we and we got this uh, scam uh and <laughs> basically what it is it's i'll start again basically what it is is you switch the acid test to uh an acid test that will produce the results that you want. So, because what happens with these sales is you've got a seller and a buyer, and they will always bring, the buyer will always bring their uh, specialist, right? And this is someone usually with a PhD, right? In metallurgy or something like that. And they bring their own kit. So what we did is we invited them and we set up a security check on the way into the building. I said, sorry, I've got to check your bag. And as I was checking her bag, I switched the kit over to our kit, our acid test kit. So when she tested it, she was testing it with a kit that we had prepared, which then produced the results that made her think that it was 24 karat gold. So I think that was kind of one of the most complex ones because we had to find out what kind of kit she would use. So it would match identically and all that kind of stuff. So it was really complex. But we we did loads of really complicated stuff, but all based on ideas that have happened before you know yeah i like i mean i like i just i I think that 
it was informative and it kind of encouraged you to keep your wits about you and one of the things I did love is in some of the cutscenes you you did always manage to nail you guys like the cheeky little look at the, at the secret <laughs> camera as well and I think yeah. that's what smashed it like wallet in your hand you'd be like I'll tell you what hey look uh, keeping it going back to tech yeah here's an interesting thing about the real hustle if only we had GoPros oh yeah I mean you've got to you've got to understand this was done this show started filming in 2006 okay that's 13 years ago and hidden cameras back then were not very hidden <laughs> because well they were hidden but they, they needed a lot of hiding you know it, it required um, it was a Toshiba lens so it was about the size of a I don't know uh, put two GoPros together glue them together right and that had that was just the lens right and and the the sort of the camera bit the recording bit you had to plug that into wire into a little mini DV deck Wow. Do you remember those? So those, those are really small tapes, but it, but yeah, for people who yeah, are like, yeah, "What is he talking yeah. about?" So those those why why weren't they VHSs? screaming it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Why don't you use Wi-Fi for? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. and and we had to hide those. So you had to hide the wire. You had to hide everything. I remember once wearing one of those things on my person. I had it. I sort of had it under my arm, wrapped in a newspaper, as if I was carrying a new pa- newspaper. And the mini DV deck was strapped to the, my back. I mean, it was... <laughs> and this was high-tech then as well. And this like was like really high-tech. Yeah. And there was a spy phone that yeah. we bought, which was this tiny little sort of Ericsson phone with a camera in it. And you had to sort of point it at people. And the resolution was shit. Um, but we just thought, fuck me. Can you imagine if we did Real Hustle with GoPros? It would have been so much simpler. Yeah. And so much easier. Well, I, d- I think... Because we're so tech savvy now, people expect techie scams, right? More yeah. so than they would the classics. So, yeah. just saying, there could be a chance that you know could could refresh some of our memories with some of these scams. Could refresh some of the, well, you know what? I, I'll tell you something. It's um, rules have changed uh, when it comes to uh, the things you can do on telly, and also rules have changed with what's acceptable by people, especially with GDPR and things like that. So me saying, right, here's proof that I can hack your Facebook page. Um, Even if I'm doing it for a show, I can get into a lot of trouble. Because under GDPR rules, you can have some serious objections Mm -hmm. and go, I don't care what show you're making, you've hacked my Facebook Right. Do you see what I mean? That it, it becomes really problematic with tech scams because people live their lives on tech. If I compromise your phone, right, and I go, "Hey, Marcus, it's all right. We're just doing a show. I'm just <laughs> going to take all the malware <laughs> off it, right? Yeah, and it's going to be fine." Are you telling me you're not going to suspect yeah. that something's still on there? Time for or a new next, phone. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. next time your phone freezes, you're going to go, "That Alex, he's got something <laughs> on my phone. Yeah. He's tracking me." Yeah. You know. So it's it, it's become very very difficult to do those tech scams in the kind of environment that we did it under in the real hustle, which was real people not knowing they're being filmed being scammed. Mm. Now. I think in order for me to show you what would happen, I'd have to do it in a very controlled environment, which becomes less exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. I did a show uh, called Secrets of the Scammers, and we built a... It was Channel 5 quite a while back. And we built... We I say we... I have no technical know-how at all, but I own it, man. Some people, you, you some by people, yourself some built, people at Sophos, yeah. uh, the the antivirus company, built uh, a uh, an app for Android, which uh, masqueraded as a, f- a free flashlight uh, app, 
and uh, we got this girl to download it on her Android Samsung phone and it just it was so scary what it was able to do uh, it just sat sat there on her phone worked like a flashlight app but what it did was it gave us access to both cameras back to front uh, without any lights going on uh, Mike uh, or her address book or her, all the messaging was instantly um, ported over to our computer we could turn the camera and look at her film her photograph her without her knowing sounds creepy doesn't it and all the gps was available to us as well so we knew where she was and we could see and hear everything from her phone if you think about it we are carrying around the ultimate spy device in our pockets yes perfect every every single day and none of us really know how they work yeah we all we all if we use social media say if twitter says can i use your microphone if you wanted to upload a video you're talking once a lot of people don't forget that you said yes once and now uh, that that's forever forever yeah. yeah um did you so after knocking out a few seasons of the real hustle and doing and being kind of known as sort of alexis the gentleman who is you know <laughs> he's out there to scam you yeah. did it ever affect like you making a real life purchase did you ever walk into a shop oh, and be yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Mars bar, please people like <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, oh, yeah, yeah yeah usually like when i try to pay for something people go is this a real 10 pound note you know that yeah. kind of stuff um I remember once, uh, I think it was just about when we moved and we were looking at a house with an estate agent and he sort of kept giggling. And I said, are you all right? And he said, "He said, uh, I'm on a real hustle. I said, no, we're genuinely looking to buy a house. He's yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I thought this was going to be some elaborate scam. Gosh, what looking forward uh, to this scam. It's like yeah. literally yeah. sort of like going on with it. Um, so, I, but I have to say it's never affected me in a negative way it's always always been positive and also to some of my prejudices as well sometimes where you know i don't know i'd be on my own on a train and like a a gang of like lads would come in and i'd go shit i'm on my own i you know these guys look up look like they're looking for trouble and then all of a sudden go Alex, real hustle, <laughs> mate. And I'm like, oh, thank God, you know. And I'm always kind of like, oh, yeah, let's show some barbell, you know. And, and everyone, everyone's always been really positive and yeah. really kind of like, what's weird now is people finding the show, um, you know, younger people now finding the show because it's all still up on YouTube. And, you know, getting a younger generation kind of going, oh, my God, I saw the scam. And that, for, because for me, the real hustle's, you know, it's gone. It's something that happened in the past, but people are still lapping it up on YouTube. Everyone loves a good scam. They not, do. Not the kind of scam, like, you know, it's, it's not like you're like, on this week's episode, we're going to do a good old-fashioned nanny mugging. You're not, you're not doing <laughs> no, that. Do you know what no, I mean? No. You're like, it's cheeky. You know that yeah. everyone's safe afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what it is. It's a safe environment. You kind of get to see it, all of the cr- all the crime but you know no one's really going to get hurt. I think that's kind of, yeah. that's what's intriguing. It's like, exactly. it's fun, you know what I mean, for all the right reasons. But you love tech. I do uh, love tech. So another show you did was the joy, not the joy, joy of tech. Joy right? of techs with uh, Marcus Brigstock, yeah. Yeah, so you and Marcus, <laughs> very different. The old couple. Tech, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The odd so couple. Are you mates outside We the are, show yeah, no, we're really good mates. So yeah. how did this show come together then? I literally, literally was... Um, we play poker together a lot. So yeah. there's a little gang of us who play poker. And uh, we sort of always said... Look. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Why don't we do something? We spend a bit more time with each other. When I see you around the poker table or if we go out for lunch or something, I want you to come up with an idea. And as you know, in telly, all these things take an absolute eternity to come together. And... Uh, the show went through various different types of what it could be, but it entailed the two of us doing something. And we ended up with this idea. Uh, I can't even remember where it came from. But after one of the meetings with some production execs who said, well, why don't you do something with tech? Because not a lot of people are doing tech. And then it sort of naturally progressed after that, that I really love tech. Marcus is quite cynical. It's not that he hates tech, but he's quite cynical about its usefulness. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so so we went off and we, we did it. And um, we're, we're, we're still trying to do a second series because they they do want us to do one, but it's it's you know telly at the moment is very very difficult thing to make because it costs money and no one's got any yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see it sitting online could be a Netflix jobby yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we are we are still yeah trying to pursue it but it was a lot of fun and actually it made me think a lot about tech and um, it made me think about how much of tech is out there because we need it and how much of it is out there because it's possible and um that's sort of been the conflict i think and of course look we, we deliberately went out of our way to pick tech that would give us comedy value oh there was some funky stuff in there you know, I love, I love the winbot yeah. is, is not <laughs> it's not really even though i ended up with it and i cleaned my windows with it twice yeah you know just get a freaking squidgy in a bucket yeah you know yeah. you don't need a, a, a robot that kind of does your windows for you um but the mowing thing I'd, I'd have if i needed it but uh, oh and i did get to keep one of the gadgets from it would you get to keep well uh it was it, it <laughs> quite devious i got it on there because i wanted to ask if i could keep it <laughs> Good job. Good job. We need to start doing that here. Oh, no. Yeah, we go, yeah. Uh, no. Um, so when I did MasterChef, 
uh, Celebrity MasterChef, uh, there was a gadget on there that everybody used, bar me, because I didn't know how to use it. And I thought, better stick with the stuff that I know how to use. But there's a, a, a kitchen gadget, which any chef that I've come across, like a proper chef, people who do it properly, uh, they, it's the only gadget they have in their kitchen. And that's a thing called the Thermomix. What is a th- what's a Thermomix? A Thermomix. It's it's a company, a German company called Vorwerk, and they make Hoovers. Uh, only like two Hoovers. I suppose they don't make Hoovers. They make vacuum cleaners. Make, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and they make a Thermomix. And the Thermomix is. Um, do you know what a Vitamix is? I have no Nutribullet? idea. Oh yes, yes. Okay. I know one of those. So oh, yeah, Thermomix yeah. is a Nutribullet on steroids. All right. Right. So it, it's a Nutribullet. Uh, it, it, it's basically a, a blender that can also uh, heat and cook your food and under very controlled um, temperatures. So it blends. It blends and heats. It blends and heats at uh, the same time. Uh, yeah. Uh, if only if you wanted to, okay. you, you can just blend or you could just heat, but you can. I know this is going to sound like an infomercial, but it isn't. I, I, and, and I, you know, I don't have any affiliation or, or, or represent them or anything. But, you know, you can put coffee in it and it'll turn it into, you know, coffee beans. It will turn it into ground coffee. You can put rice and it will grind it into rice flour. You can cook a risotto from scratch in it because it can turn the heat on and stir at the same time you can do intricate sauces make mash make it i mean it does so many freaking things that you just thought wow as a as a gadget this is actually so practical because it replaces like seven other things that you would have to keep in your kitchen and it 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 does everything and it's it's one of those things that is made properly by people who know what you kind of need which is which I find lacks in tech a lot. You go, oh, this is good. And you kind of go, who's designed this? I mean, <laughs> um, so it's one of the only gadgets that I, I thought in that show, which I thought of, which I ended up keeping and I use on a virtually a daily basis. Um, but there was a lot, there was quite a few other stuff that sort of impressed, but there wasn't anything that both of us, although I might remember something, there wasn't anything that both of us kind of went, oh, fuck me, this is incredible. Oh, the torch was quite impressive. There was a torch that lit a fire. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That is that's pretty cool. That's something. That pr- yeah, was that in the camping episode? Yeah, you yeah, had, like, yeah, themes yeah, in yeah. Episodes, We had yeah. themes. The torch that lit the fire was was pretty damn impressive because yeah. I thought, nah, this is bollocks. This will never work. Yeah, but but it 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 was good. But all the you know in the skiing episode, all the stuff that I was wearing that was battery powered and keeping me warm. You know, yeah, all right, but the hassle <laughs> of the batteries and the charging them to just buy yourself a good fleece. Yeah, move. <laughs> move around move. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just exercise you know, a bit. Yeah. Just, yeah, maybe move. Yeah. Um, uh, and I had these sort of super amazing goggles that showed you your speed and your location as a heads-up display. I think they were Oakley uh, goggles. But the screen was at the bottom of your field of vision. So if you are going really fast, you're like, hey, I must be hitting 90. If you look down, you're screwed. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is a fun thing, but do I? maybe I wasn't a good enough skier. I don't know. But it was a show that we, we, we both really enjoyed doing and and some of the arguments we got into were were, were, were genuine you know i genuinely got frustrated with him his disdain for certain 
certain ele- like, I could just see you trying your hardest to explain things like just work with me and he's like I was like no. give me just give me <laughs> yeah. this give yeah. me this win you know yeah. I made yeah. a 1998 VCR talk to an all in one you know harmony remote I was like come on it's exactly. like yeah, yeah don't watch the video don't watch videos anymore so what <laughs> yeah but in all the time it's taking you to do that I could have walked over uh, there and pressed play uh, yeah, yeah exactly much. I was yeah. getting all that you got you got a win or two though didn't you out of him I did get a couple of good wins I got the um uh usually the most unaffordable things um there was a fantastic um uh coffee machine that we went to this uh this this house that sort of kitted up with gadgets and there's a sort of a coffee machine that lives under your uh worktop and it's got a tap and you control it with an app and you can i mean it's it's but you know you say oh yeah and i say oh yeah but here's the thing it's the same size as a half size dishwasher Right. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Right. And it costs about four grand. So you need to be mega rich, basically, yeah. and have an I mean? enormous kitchen, and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to yeah. throw car so money." So it's like what? Yeah, and it's machine. like it's like what is the what is the uh, something small and practical that you can afford and is genuinely very useful? Yeah. You know, and those gadgets are very few and far between. But I yeah. think I lost Marcus with my sock sorter. Um, <laughs> There was, I mean, who makes this stuff? But we found this, uh, so socks, black socks, <laughs> that come chipped. So they've got a sort of what looks After like this. a button, yeah. right? Each black sock's got a button sewn onto it, which is an RFID chip. It comes with an app and an RFID uh, reader. Mm-hmm. And you can... <laughs> you can you can scan each sock so it tells you which one's the left one which one's the right one even though they're identical and so you can pair them up with cycle washes because you don't want to wash you don't want to be wearing a left sock that's been washed ten times and a right sock that's been washed once right because one's going to wear out more than the other oh I'm telling you out oh my god that sounds amazing to me when I showed it when I showed it to Marcus I think he wanted to hit me (laughs) I think think he genuinely he genuinely thought what is wrong with you you know now i okay i may have picked it because i kind of knew it would rile him up a bit yeah. uh but it's amazing how much stuff there's out there that's the kind of that is the kind of crappy gadget or stupid gadget i would absolutely love there's nothing i hate but more would you than having a slightly grayer sock out of my teeth because <laughs> i wear a, i wear i'm a creature of comfort in certain areas of my life and i wear the same type of sock i have for years in fact it's an ongoing joke in my family what do you want for christmas what do you want for your birthday right. i'm like that type of boxer short, that type of socks. Same thing. thing. Everyone's like, can I just, can I get you a bottle of drink or something? I'm like, no, boxer shorts, socks. Get me the white socks this time if you want, or the black ones. So <laughs> when I put my so- socks through the wash, either I do like a yearly cull of socks and I start afresh, which is great. Oh my God. Fresh socks for ages. Or I sit there and I actually, when I'm pairing up my socks, I, look, I, I kind of, I don't. He's not joking. I'm not, he, I'm being he's, serious. He's, I'm being he's serious. not joking. I don't. I'm not saying I take a microscope out and I'm like, right, that's a quarter of a shade greyer, but the greyer ones live, t- live together and the darker ones... Oh my God, this gadget well. was designed for you. Oh my gosh. They did, they did have at least... I didn't I'll, see this. I'll, 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 I'll find out and ping it yeah, over to you. Yeah, I, know. I, my memory's terrible. Could be hanging around at the back of a production studio somewhere. Probably. Though. Probably. It's, it, it's going to be there somewhere. Some, um, some gadgets are... Uh, uh, 
they solve a problem that you might have and some are really just for a bit of tinkering and a bit of fun though right like I feel like some gadgets people just like a little bit of a fiddle when they're doing something though yeah I mean there was there was stuff that you thought I can see where they're going with this but they haven't either got enough money or the tech is not altogether there there was one thing which was um, again my memory's just terrible but I think was it called iRobot but anyway there was this big sort of um uh, what it looked like was a sort of a big ball and um, the stick and you put an iPad on there and you sort of FaceTime people you can move around in the room <laughs> so you can move yeah. forward yeah. back and forward and it's and it's um, it's got some sort of gyro in it so you can't really knock it over so you can even push it and it'll it'll write itself and you know I can sense that that kind of stuff with more people working from home People want to be able to sort of, I don't know, move around the office. I would love that. I mean, it's just a bizarre thing. But with those kind of things, I look at it and I kind of go, okay, this isn't this isn't the finished product, but this kind of betrays where we're going. The, sort of the idea that you can re- be remotely yeah. present yeah. and remotely independent in another area. So, yes, the idea of an iPad on a stick moving around the office and you kind of going, oh, hi, Marcus, how are you doing? What are we looking over your shoulder? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, is laughable. But, you know, <laughs> how laughable was an idea of, I don't know, a, a mobile phone doing all these things, you know, 20 exactly, years ago? Exactly. I think you know, it's, the refi- it's the refinement because a lot of the tech that we've seen, like touchscreen technology and tablets yeah. were around, around well before yeah. the original kind of iPhone dropped in the iteration that we saw it. And a lot of gadgets and tech, what I feel sometimes when I'm looking at people that have new ideas, is they're trying to find that problem you don't realise you had. Now that's work. Yeah. Like with phones, people didn't realise <laughs> the problem that we all have, which is we are addicted to constant interaction. Yeah, right? yeah. But we didn't realise it was at that level and the mobile phone solved that issue. Well, you can argue, but you could argue that the mobile phone sort of also created some of, course, of it as well of course yeah because uh, we took we did all right it. It took, well, we were yeah. fine but it took advantage of yeah. this you know now it's a problem but it took advantage of that you know yeah um and it also uh hel- helps people i think that let's use the first iphone for example phones before then were very techy they did mm. quite a bit but the, the ui wasn't good the user experience yeah. it's really hard to to kind of just use them i think that kind of development of phones kind of made devices that did what you expected them to do when you yeah. well, you know when you moved your fo- finger up and down the screen and and the and you got a swiping movement you could scroll up and down people were like oh wow that's so intuitive and a pinch you know a pinch yeah. yeah like normal things like that but a lot of other tech people try and solve an issue you don't realize that you've had like you've kind of <laughs> mentioned with a few other bits of oh, tech we there. found loads of tech which was like what is the point in this and some of it was also quite expensive but you just thought why would why would anyone buy that but it does betray the fact that uh, with a lot of tech, if it's possible, someone will go out and do it because yeah. someone will go out and buy it mm-hmm. um, and someone will sort of find a use to it. But I think sometimes when I look at that tech and I kind of think, my God, that's useless, I think twice and kind of go, but actually, what does it tell us? Where are we going? You know, the, 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 the sort of um, there was a, a plant pot. Uh, that sort of you know told you all about the moisture and and feeded fed your plant when you were away and stuff like that. Now it was super expensive for something that you could actually solve for half the price and sort of you know just get somebody to come around give and water your plants. Your plants. Maybe, yeah. um, but again, it sort of betrays this whole you know. And we've seen that trend of control your home from your phone. 
you know, um, that whole idea of of uh, being able to kind of, oh, what's it, what's in my fridge remotely? And I need to water my plant now. Now I need to open the door. You know, actually, uh, we didn't test it on the show. I was, I was sent it because I interviewed the inventor. But, you know, for me, a prime example, the Ring doorbell, right? Now owned by Amazon. Do they? Amazon bought it, yeah. Because Amazon's got their own. They've got Blink, haven't they? They bought, they bought. They and they bought, bought Ring. Bought it, yeah, they own it. Amazon, Amazon are out there buying stuff. Like, of course people don't realise how the Amazon are out there writing on checks. Google. On Google, yeah, yeah. because oh, isn't yeah. Nest Google? Ne- is, is Nest Google? Uh, yeah. Nest, so, yeah. I think, is owned by Google. I wouldn't um, be surprised if Amazon and Google were both in the running. Yeah, bidding, yeah, a little bit more. But you know, again, I, I just thought this is sort of interesting, and because it was a sort, of, I was talking to him about security and the ring doorbell I'm sure the gadget aware on this show I don't need to explain it but it has a motion sensor Mm -hmm. tells you if someone's outside your door and also if someone rings it you get a notification on your phone and more importantly you can speak to them so it opens a two way communication Um, and again you know I thought well you don't really need it but again it just becomes quite useful because the Amazon delivery guy or the other deli- you know so sorry we're not I am just leave it outside or see what you did there the Amazon delivery yeah, guy yeah exactly you know yeah, or, yeah. Or, the, or the you know or the unsolicited call or and I was sort of promoting it for mostly because again I work a lot in security I was promoting it more for if you have an elderly relative then actually a ring doorbell was fantastic because if you're at work uh, or you don't live in the same town uh, or, you know, don't live in the same house as your el- elderly relative and some unscrupulous scammer wants to go and talk your auntie or your mum into signing up for something she doesn't need, then once they ring the doorbell, you say, thanks, but no thanks, no one's at home, bye-bye. And you know what they look like and you've got a picture of their face. So, uh, you know, uh, that's a useful gadget for me. Mm. Uh, but again, it's had... It's been through a process of years where we've honed into it and, and, and it, it became complete. So it's a complete product now. Okay. This is a bit of a hard question I'm going to throw yeah, you, on. Because th- there's a lot going al- around now with kind of the, the, the tweaks uh, that are happening with internet speed, with 5G and such. Yeah. But what, what, future gazing now, what do you think could be a big thing that could potentially kind of make a big shift in a tech and gadget world? As somebody who's kind of been around things, seen things in development. It's a bit of a sticky one. Do you I know, know it's a sticky one because don't, well, the one thing that we know is going to be the thing because i i see it with my daughter who's 12 i don't know about you i'm 47 and um verbal commands is not a thing for me i don't I hardly ever use siri i find the idea of having an alexa in my house an anathema uh love the gadget but just wouldn't have it on security purposes uh, due to security concerns but the, I see the younger generation, and, and I have a friend of mine who works for IBM, and they do some amazing stuff there with Watson, the AI. And I think AI is going to be so. The twofold answer to your question: AI. I think I don't know where that's going to take us. Some fascinating things happening with AI. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the Watson, the Watson. I don't know what it's called. Is it called the Debater? But if you if you Google that, you have Watson, which essentially is a, an AI brain. Uh, doing live debates with people live <laughs> so it's using speech recognition to understand so, so they set up a debate they'll say we'll debate i don't know capital punishment 
Um, Watson, you're going to be for. Uh, a human debater will be against. Go. He listens to the human, voice analyzes, speech recognition, pulls everything from the internet, left, right, and center, synthesizes speech, and argues back. Would love Watson to argue with my other half. Might win. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, though, I think those That's are the insane. big... Yeah, I mean, when I heard about it, it sort of blew my mind. And, and of course... And just from, to clarify, in real time... Real time, and, yeah. and addresses, so for example, if I was like, point one... Point two, yeah. point three, it would hit you. It, it, real time. I haven't watched enough Same. of the debate to know how yeah. effective it is, but yeah. I know IBM have, have been, have been, you know, they've been exhibiting it. So I, I would imagine that it's it's good enough. Um, but you know, as, as a journalist, for me, immediately my brain went to well, live fact checking. Like if if you can have an all powerful computer system AI listening to someone live and pull stuff from the internet to counterbalance their argument or see to my mind i'm thinking well if you counterbalance you can also fact check right because you're still pulling the same information from somewhere else to verify now that would that would that would completely change the political scene in in my mind you know the whole idea of misinformation the the, the ability to, to be able to target um and and, and distinguish between I hate using the phrase, so I won't use the phrase that Trump uses, but misinformation Mm. um, versus actual fact. If we can get AI to help us with that, to help us steer through the noise, that, I think, to my mind, will be one of the huge breakthroughs where tech will be able to have a big impact in our lives. So that that's, you know, and we have some interesting choices to make concerning AI, you know, the driverless cars and all that kind of stuff, because they're, you know, AI, if AI has to take decisions, then morality comes into it. So there's a very interesting conversation. So that's one side. And I think the other side is the idea that we're going to go from actually typing stuff in to our phones to actually just speaking yeah, and I think that makes a big difference. I mean, I feel like an idiot if I have to go. Hey Siri, what's the weather outside? You know, <laughs> I'm expecting Siri to go. You got a window? Open it. <laughs> um, you know, but my daughter thinks nothing of when she's doing homework to kind of go, Siri, what's the you know population of Australia? Yeah. Whereas for me, I'd have to type that in. Yeah, that's to to go back to what you said about AI and and and. Uh how that's going to affect things like like automated vehicles. Legislation is is a very yeah. interesting part, and law is a very interesting part of of AI because not only are there the moral implications, like you said, you know, there's that conversation that people have where there's two cars, one's got you know an older yeah. gentleman in it or a family in it, and how do the cars decide if they're going to crash, who crashes where, and who gets hurt and whatever. And um, but isn't it interesting though? Sorry to, to, yeah, to bring no, no, on, but isn't on. it interesting on that that. A human doesn't have to make that choice, so why are we so concerned about AI making that choice? So, I don't know what the answer to that is, but it's, yeah. it is fascinating. Because if you're driving, bit, if, well, you're, if you're driving and you're in the car, you, yourself and, and your daughter's in the car, and, and somebody comes towards you, mm. I feel like your mind, because you're 
because partly because you're not aware. Yeah, exactly. Partly because you're but not. But I'm aware. not going to think about. Oh, do I yeah. go left? There's a granny there, or do I go right? There's a yeah. there's a young football team there. Yeah, I'll not, just yeah. go to where my you know you're just going to go yeah. away. Yeah. So I don't see why we're concerned about what the AI are going to choose. But I see the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I see the point. Is yeah. because we are we are about to abdicate responsibility to an inanimate object, and we're going to have to account for that. I'm, I feel like it's one of those things you have to just trust, but that, but mm. trusting it, that's very easy to say, but very, very hard because we don't know. As as I'm sure you're aware, with every technology, it can be abused. I might put you know a little bit of code yeah. in the system that means if I decide to be to drive like a lunatic, all the cars move out of my way, crash into lampposts, other cars off cliffs, and I'm fine. I'm sure, somebody would probably invent that. So. It's, a, oh, it's, it's it's such a vast conversation because because yeah. it's going to be very interesting. Very it interesting, isn't going to be interesting, interesting, but I think what we always have to remember is what are we trying to get out of it? Yeah, so I think sometimes we're sort of, as I said in the beginning, I think sometimes and certainly when you look at it in, from security point of view, which is always yeah. where I'm coming from, is sometimes the gadgets and the tech is there because it can be because it's possible rather than does anybody need it is it safe is it making someone's life easier or is it surf say serving some sort of purpose and very often they're not from a security point of view security is last on the list it's like hey we found like if you speak to this box it'll tell you what the weather is great brilliant let's put it out to market it's like whoa 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 is it listening to everything you say? Can it be used by someone to access personal information? Yeah. You know, that's what we saw with uh, contactless cards. In the beginning, Amex made their contactless card. And you could stand next to someone with an Amex in their wallet, and they would spit out name, address, and credit card number. Now, what happens is the guy who's invented, or the lady who's invented, the person who's invented the, the um, uh, contactless they're impressed by the fact that they can communicate contactless with that chip. They're not thinking about the security aspect of it, and neither should they, because that's not their job. Their job is to be creative and move us forward, right? Now, the guy, the guy, the person who's invented um, pacemakers is a good one, right? So pacemaker, and you get a pacemaker fillet, right? If it needs to be adjusted, like 10 years ago, it needs to crack you open again, take it out, adjust it, put it back in. So that's big operation. So somebody goes, right, well, why don't we make a Bluetooth-enabled one, right? Or a Wi-Fi-enabled one. Remote access, we can change it, no operate. Fucking brilliant. That's brilliant. Why should the same person still think, well, hang on a minute, someone can hack that <laughs> and switch it off. Yeah. But that conversation needs to happen. You know, it's how ha cars were hacked. Cars were hacked because of Bluetooth communication, because uh, from tire pressure sensors to the CPU of a car, right? Again, someone said, hey, wouldn't it be great if you knew the pressure in your tires? We'll just put a Bluetooth center, talk to the CPU, you get a warning on your dashboard, brilliant. No one for a second thought, hang on, if you open a communication between CPU and the tire sensor with Bluetooth, someone can hack it, which is exactly what happened. But we, we sort of need to start thinking about that. Let people be creative, but don't go out to market before you've let people like myself or people, you know, other people way more qualified to go, right, how can this be exploited? 
Yeah, and I think that is that is the key to kind of a nice steady growth in technology and gadgets. steady but it's never going to yeah. happen Marcus I feel like you've did, you've given me the real life version of Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park <laughs> <laughs> it's just never going to happen because, yeah, because yeah, people, people yeah. want to be first yeah yeah. you, you know people yeah, want to be being yeah. first is, is the key yeah. and you want to be first and uh, you know but what we can do as consumers is don't get the first get the second gen third gen when, is that where you sit with tech as well? You, uh, I, yeah, you're I do. You're aware of what's new. Yeah, 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 you sit yeah. back and let something. When it's brand new, it's I don't touch it. So, for example, I don't, I don't. You know, I've told you about my my concerns about Alexa and all mm-hmm. those those uh, Google Home and all, all those assistants. I mean, all you need to know is Alexa information was used in a murder case by the FBI in the US. Right. If that doesn't tell you that it collects enough information to be used as evidence in court against you or for you, then he's, he's thinking about it now. Uh, but, you know, so but once. So, for example, I never used contactless. Right. I, I, I'm still I've got one card. Right. Contactless. But, my card. but here's the thing that, that people go, oh, he's a hypocrite. I use Apple Pay. All right. Right. But Apple Pay needs my face scan, right? Which is very, very different to contactless, right? It's got that extra little step of security, Mm. which is I have to have my face pointing at the camera and I'm happy with that. You got an Apple Watch. Uh, that, I've, so got, that, I've got you, first gen Apple okay, Watch. That, oh, I don't know if that one does Apple Pay on it. No, oh, it, no does. it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. Oh no, no, actually, it. no, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, with no, but no limit on that. But, but it's no limit. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's. Um, I um, I just use it as a watch. I don't have any other notifications and stuff on it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's not forget to talk about the radio show. By the way, yes. Um, how long have you been broadcasting? So three years. Three years. Bizarre. I I don't know. I do you know what I. I, I I'm always waiting for a tap on the shoulder of someone to go, mate, you've been found out. <laughs> just go back to being a magician or an actor or something. But so you've is, been found out. Go, go back home. It's not like you're not doing that was this is radio. It's a, it's a talk show, talk radio. So you, Yeah, it's you a talk, chatting. Talk, talk radio. So what happened was um, three years ago when they first put the station together, they said to me, do you want to come and um, do a, sh- a consumer show? And I said, yeah, sure, I know about consumer. I was going to do, talk about scams and tech and, and everything and things to watch out for. Uh, and I'm blessed with having great contacts. As I said, uh, Scott McGrady, uh, ethical hacker, brilliant, right, brilliant. There's another guy who those tech-minded amongst you who will really love your tech is a guy called Professor Alan Woodward. Find him on Twitter. Uh, amazing info on tech and security. So I thought I can use all that stuff and you know do a, do a decent show on Saturdays and I did it for a year and a half and then everything changed at the station and I said look we're not doing any specialist programs anymore everyone is doing news uh, current affairs news and of course it was around the referendum time uh, what well, post referendum time but you know what a political scene I'm a little bit gobby when it comes to getting involved in politics I don't believe in that sort of uh, I don't know, BBC impartiality. I just think, what's the point in that? I have an opinion. I'm going to express it. And I invite people who disagree with me to 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 a discussion. You know, this whole idea of like, well, yes, it could be black, but it could also be a little bit white. It's like, you're not helping anybody, you know? Just go with something. Um, so I really loved it and sort of took to it like a duck to water. So now I've ended up doing a three-hour, basically, phone-in political debate. And things can get quite heated on the show. 
Christ, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. And I try not to. And I I try and be calm, but I find it very, very, very difficult to be calm when I'm arguing with people, um, especially politicians, actually. I mean, I, the one thing I learned, as I said, I keep mentioning I'm 47, so I, and I'm Greek as well. And I came here when I was about 16. But, you know, so born in 1972, came from a sort of a country where... Um, Respect for elders, respect for people who've got an ology, <laughs> you know, like if, if, you've, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a politician, a police officer, anything like that, you're trained, not trained, their culture in Greece, you, there's a lot of respect for those oh, yeah. people. Um, so when I first started interviewing... Sorry, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, wait, all right. His, his, his Apple Watch has recorded everything. <laughs> What's up in there? I don't know. All right, I love wow. it. Ooh. Right, I think I, I like, God, I God, his, his, his voice has changed. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> uh, it was like Greece, right? We need to yeah, see yeah, yeah. what's going on in the police. Yeah, yeah. MI5 are on their way. Um, uh, yeah. No, no, when I started interviewing politicians in the very beginning, I remember, I can't remember my, who my first interview was with, and I don't want to get too political because I don't want to upset people on the podcast, but I thought, oh, you know, I'm talking to a politician here. And then after the interview, I thought, they're not very bright. <laughs> And then I interviewed a few more, and I thought, actually, very few of them understand a lot about what they actually do. Very few of them have, are, are bright. I always thought these are really, these, you know, these are people with degrees. They've been lawyers. They've been, you know, and actually, they're just people, and they're wrong. And not all of them, but, you know, I, I, it, it was a real, I know it might sound really naive, but it was a real wake-up call for me that... Just because a politician is saying it doesn't necessarily make it true and doesn't necessarily make it even worth considering because they might be talking out of their backside uh, for political gain. So it's been really, really interesting. And boy, what a time to be doing a political phone-in show. Probably the most politically charged <laughs> five yeah. years that, you yeah. know, it, in the last 50, I'd say. Yeah. Or 30, you know, when it comes to kind of everyone really discussing a single point yeah like you know i don't think there's a day that goes by where we don't hear about the eu yeah you, you know you don't but hear, you know what? You don't hear any, you don't, you, i'd just say you're hard pressed to walk down the street and not hear somebody talking about it you know and how quickly everything changes and it is Every down day, to yeah. chat to yeah. tech you know it, yeah. it could change from an hour you know john burko says something in parliament and then you know everything has changed everything has changed yeah. and y you rely on tech um to keep you abreast and and actually I, I i don't think i could do my job as well as i do it if i do it well enough that's that's uh, subjective but i don't think i could do it as well without the tools that tech affords me which is you know fact checking being able to cross-reference sources being able to connect with people uh who are experts to say listen is this genuine can i say this on the radio etc etc um and sort of, you know, be able to do searches. Big fan of, um, big fan of DuckDuckGo. Duck, no, no, please, as please a, discuss that with as, a, as yeah. a as a search engine. I like it. Again, because I spend so much time online, um, and and it's not that I, you know, I don't have paranoia about being tracked, but I like the idea that my search results are unfiltered. And I was doing a I was doing a lecture in 
for RSA, the the security RSA people. And this guy was also doing a lecture before me. And I, I, I was, I was, I listened to his lecture. This is quite a while ago, and he said he, he got two friends in the US to do a Google search and send him the front page of the Google search, and um, he he got them both to put the word Egypt into the search engine and just send him the front page. One of them was a travel junkie, the other one's a news junkie. And their search results was so distinctly different. The travel junkie got offers for Sharm El Sheikh, flights, hotels, and uh, this was his Google page. When he just typed in the word Egypt, that's it. And the other guy got everything about Shah, uh, Tahiri Square, you know, the, the uprising, Arab Spring, all that stuff came out. And I just thought, that's not right. I know what Google's doing, and I can, you know, you can argue, you can have a completely different conversation about what their motives are. And I kind of genuinely believe that their motives are those of convenience, of this is what we know you like, so here's some more of it. But I want to choose that. I want to be in control of that. Um, so DuckDuckGo, the reason I, I use them a lot is that you only get one advert and their uh, results are not based on previous searches or your location. So if you search for the one thing at home and if I search for it, uh, barring the advert that might be different, we'll get the same results. Mm. And I quite like that. What's the internet like when you're using websites like that to search for stuff? Can you... I mean, are you just not a fan? Of, are, you, are you away from Google totally? Are you not aware of that? No, I'll use I'll, I'll use Google sometimes if I if I feel that I'm not getting. Maybe there's more to it. I'll do a Google search as well. Mm. But I, mostly, I will I will use uh, DuckDuckGo for all my searches, and it's I've noticed no difference. I'm not missing out on anything. I'm getting the same results, but I'm getting sort of a consistency of of results not based on my previous searches or locations. So they're unbiased results. And I also use, because I don't like tracking stuff, um, I use a browser called Brave, Brave okay. Browser, which I think may, I think it's gone onto the Chrome platform now because... It, yeah. yeah, Chrome's got a, a multitude of, of things that you can access. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a plugin because I use something called Bad Badger, which kind of works out where cookies are, turns them all off. Right. And then if it's turns off, sometimes it can be a bit overzealous and like, you know, you can't right. see an image, so you can go through and see... All the different so areas. Brave is similar, yeah. but I tell you what, Brave browser, which I thought was was magnificently brilliant of them. I think it was designed by someone who used to be at Mozilla. Okay. So what Brave browser does is it completely affords you no tracking at all. Uh, you can switch off all the sort of ads and mm-hmm. all, all that kind of stuff really easily. They now offer a private window, which is effectively a Tor browser. So if you're into that sort of thing. That it gives you access to that the deep web, the deep they, web. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, what I liked, which they do, because actually there was a moral issue about using um, ad trackers, which is the websites that you go to don't make any money. So, if there are websites that you are reliant on to get your information, not giving them any money by landing on their page and yeah. them being being paid for the ad, it's not a great thing. So what the what Brave browser allows you to do is you can you can put some money on your browser. So you can put $10 on and you can tell it every time I land on these websites, pay them something. That's cool. I like that. So you can pay them 10 cents every time you land or something. Like that. So they, they still get some money from you landing on their web page, which I think is morally decent. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's an exchange, an information exchange. Yeah. If, you know, if you're gaining some information, yeah. you know, why should it pay be free? Can. Yeah, and I set what I pay. I, you know, and I also set which websites I want it to go to, and uh, so yeah, I'm on Brave and um, and DuckDuckGo for that. And I, I yeah. it, it, as a journalist, it hasn't affected my I don't feel like oh I'm not getting the right information you okay. know we'll pop links to those in the show description yeah, for think, sure I think, yeah, I think we'll, do, we'll definitely do that and so you can check those out um, well yeah thank, thank you so much for having a chat with us I think we killed well more than an hour on today's show thank you so much it's flown by and um, where can we see you next and, and, and obviously you've got the radio show well the radio talk radio on uh, Saturdays 4 till 7 and uh, time a few as well. on, uh, great time 4 till 7 and uh, yeah. Sundays uh, a few Sundays I'm doing now 10 till 1 so but you, you can catch me on talk radio I'm doing um, I'm starting filming I've already started filming uh, I do a show with Gabby Roslin uh, on channel 5 which is called shop smart save money and um, it's a fun little show it, I think it'll come back on in uh, second week of April uh, we film live studio stuff in uh, up in Bradford um, and it's all about saving money so it's sort of exactly what it says on the tin I've done some investigative films uh, all about uh, you know on sort of really kind of common stuff like detergents and sun cream and school uniforms and chocolate Easter eggs and you know and just basically just giving people the truth behind those how much they cost are you getting value for money where can you kind of save a little bit of money so yeah that's um, Shop Smart Save Money coming out in April um, and you can also catch me in the Durrells, the last series of the Durrells. It's the last series on ITV, uh, which I think again starts this April. It's going to be very sad, but it's lovely. Oh, do you know what? Some of my favourite books, books were My Family and Other Animals. And, yeah, uh, and it's, it's great, and it's great yeah. stories, and the TV show has been brilliant, and it's been such a joy to do for four years. But yeah, and this is the last series. Oh, what's that like for you, that, that side of TV for you? It's great. You know, I... I, I haven't been acting since um, uh, I started doing The Real Hustle uh, all of 13 years ago and a friend of mine was directing this it was in Greece I'm a Greek speaker they needed um, some Greek actors and he said look would you like to, to do it it's a small part but you kind of get to come in and out and it Go was and see your relatives while you're not yeah <laughs> well actually everyone's in Athens yeah. and this film's in Corfu but so I kind of go and put yeah. my feet up in Corfu yeah. Um it's just uh, an absolute joy, an absolute joy, and it's so nice that it's so many people love it as a as a show. I think it's one of the most loved things I've ever done. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's absolutely brilliant, and so yeah, there's that, and hopefully one more series with Marcus. We'll see. I'll, let, I'll definitely let you guys know because you can can help us out. Plug. If it. he's not about, I know another Marcus. <laughs> yeah, another Marcus. Um, yeah, yeah really thank cool you very much for coming thank on the you. show. We'll put links to all your social media in the show description. Thank you. Uh, there's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time with myself and and Al today. And don't forget, we've got a competition for the. Give uh, the division two, which we've given away. Um, Howtokillanhour.com forward slash win is where you need to go to if you want to get your hands on that. And we will speak to you on the next episode, obviously. Plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time Thank with you. us. Thank you. Cheers. You can vote for us in the Listener's Choice Awards at this year's British Podcast Awards 2019. If you'd like to vote for us, it only takes a minute of your time. Head to BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. That's BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. Type in how to kill an hour and then 
yeah, you'll have voted for us. It only takes a minute of your time and we'd really appreciate it. We'll also put a link in the show's description. Thank you very much in advance. And hey, here's, here's hoping we win. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.